dive in. Today, we are talking about love and about you receiving God's love. So I'm not going to ask you to do anything today. Uh, if that makes you sad, uh, you can. I'll give you plenty of sermons where you can listen about all the things you need to do. All you need to do today is receive. In fact, uh, I, you know the metaphor, and I'll, I'll bring it for next week because it applies when we talk about hope too. And if you know anyone who needs hope, invite them for next week. But um, you know what the purpose of a sponge is? To soak stuff up. And we're sponges that need to soak up the love of God till it just drips off of us. And that's what I've been praying all week would happen in each of our lives as we gather together. Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we thank you that there is a Highlands Church. We thank you that you are the head of this church. We thank you that you loved us enough to die on the cross and rise again, and that when we breathe our last breath, we will get to see and know you in person. Lord, we come now today and invite you to work in this service, to touch our minds, our emotions, our human wills, to change and transform us. And Lord, we pray that the scripture that I read and the, the words that I speak will be used to by you to form a message that would impact each of our lives. And then, then Lord, too, our, our prayers aren't just for ourselves. What we think about our community, our surrounding area, our state, and we pray that more and more people would have the opportunity to come to know and follow you. And and experience life with you. And, and beyond that, we pray for our whole world. We think of people like the, the people that we sponsor with uh, the Timothy Initiative, TTI, where they're seeing tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of churches start uh, all over the world. Uh, literally, uh, people uh, going to the next village and gathering a group of 10 to 20 and telling them what they found in knowing you. Lord, we pray that you would bless all of those faithful leaders that serve you. And we pray, Lord, that we would have a heart like theirs to care and love and reach out to people all around us. Would you help us to hear what, what you have given to us to do and be about individually and as the Highlands Church. And now as we learn from your word, we pray that you'd help us to hear it, take it in, and just enjoy. Lord, would you let the radiant glory of your love shine on us and make us glad. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Um. The uh, favorite quote uh, that I have about love is when it says that Jesus uh, can't love us more and will not love us less. His love is so different than any love that we experience. It is an extravagant love, and when you experience it and know it deeply, you can go, I am beloved. 
In fact, at the end of the service, I'm, when we stand, before we sing, we're just going to say that multiple times. I am beloved. Just to practice, can you go beloved? Ready? Beloved. So louder. Do it again. Ready? Beloved. Now like you mean it, put a smile on your face. Beloved. That's who you are before God. But you know what? A lot of us don't experience that. A lot of us don't really comprehend it. What we think of uh, God kind of keeping score up in the heavenly realms, and we're always behind, we're always losing, we've, uh, we've always fouled out or in a penalty period, and it's not that way. So today, I want you to change your thinking so you can change your emotion, so you can see what God has really done for you and has for you because of his love. Uh, Brad Gatto, who uh, uh, attends here, uh, wrote a book called Spending Money and Having Fun. It's a great book. And in it, he tells a story, uh, and he makes up a guy's name. He said, let's call him Ed. Ed and his wife came in for a second visit so we could explore together what our firm had to offer. I asked Ed, what are your dreams? And it was an older guy, he had Parkinson's. He'd been real careful with his money. And he said, I, I've always wanted to go to Normandy, but I know we can't go because the, the dividends on the stock that I own just dropped. And we, we probably are, are hardly going to make it till, till our, our deathbed with the money that we have in savings. And all the time while this is going, uh, Brad has got his phone and he's going over calculating the, the different numbers, seeing how long the money would last. And, and then he says to Ed and his wife, he said, okay, picture this. We take all of your money out of the market, all of your money out of saving. We put it in coffee containers. And we, we bury it out in your backyard. So you don't get, you never make another dime on your money. And it, with what you're currently taking out, Ed, do you know how long your money will last? See, Ed has this kind of picture going in his head. Look at that. <laughs> Bury all those and even more. You know how many it was? His money would not run out for 200 years. In other words, without it ever making another dime, he could take out that money. You know, Brad goes, go to Normandy. Go the next week if you want to go back. Go every month if you want to go. See, Ed just did not understand what he already had. And I think for so many of us, we don't understand or haven't received what we already have because of the great gift and, and good news of Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection. So I want to take you to one of my favorite passages in the Bible uh, that talks about the fact that we are beloved. Listen to Romans 8, 31 to 39. What then shall we say in response to this, um, to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Do you hear that? 
Because of who Jesus is, the Father wants to graciously give us all things. Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is he who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, as it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to the slaughter. Listen to this. No, in all these things. In other words, he's just made a list of awful, terrible things. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, if you look at that passage, the first verse, verse 31, anticipates. He goes, in light of all we've already talked about, what shall we say? He anticipates everything that he has written before. And in that section, if you read uh, all of Romans chapter 1 through 7, what you would find is it's all about what God has accomplished through the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, through his death, resurrection, and ascension. And you know, just some of the things it talks about there, that because of Jesus, we can be redeemed. Because of Jesus, we can be forgiven. Because of Jesus, we can be justified. Fancy word for saying declared not guilty. Because of Jesus, we can be adopted as children of God. Because of Jesus, we can be made alive. Because of Jesus, we can be recreated and experience here and now uh, what it is to live by the power of God. Now Paul applies the work of Jesus in this part to our status, our identity, our experience, and most importantly, to our relationship with the Father. And he does all that to say just one simple thing. If you have put your faith in Jesus, you are overwhelmingly loved. You are loved beyond anything you could ever imagine. It's a love like any other love. And Paul's really going, just soak it in. It's like there's an ocean of his love. And we put our sponge in there and it just comes out dripping wet because it just pulls in all of that love of God, all of the love of Jesus Christ that is for us and with us and, and, and comes to define us. In this passage, there are really four mind-bending truths in these verses all about experiencing God's love. I'm going to just walk you through them and comment on one of them. The first one is in verse 31. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus and his death on the cross and resurrection, God is for us. 
The, the second one of these truths is because of Jesus, God has paid the price for us. On the cross, Jesus took upon himself all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our guilt, and put it to death. I, I, I've said this to you before. If you went uh, to the big, big, big screen up in heaven, and they weren't playing the Viking game, but instead they were playing my life story, and you said, let's just pull up on that screen every bad thing that Paul Johnson has ever done in thought, word, and deed. You know what would show up on the screen? It would be blank. It would be blank because of Jesus. Not because I'm good, not because I've tried, not because I've done anything, just because of Jesus. He paid it all. Then the third, just mind-bending truth. Because of Jesus, no charge can be made against you. It, it says there, Jesus literally prays for us and defends us. In the spiritual realm, if, if the evil one were to bring a charge against you, Jesus comes and defeats that charge and prays for us. And then the last one that I want to comment on is because of Jesus, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Absolutely nothing can separate us from that. God's love is not because of something you've done. God's love is not about reciprocity, where God does a little for you, and then you do a little bit for God, and then God does a little bit for you, and you do a little bit for God. God's love is absolutely extravagant. He just pours it out on you. No matter, no, matter, no matter who you are or what you do, if you put your faith in him, you receive the unending supply of his love for you. When you experience God's love, nothing at all can separate you from God. You know, so what that means? Circumstances become somewhat trivial and irrelevant. Circumstances, good and bad, come and go. But you know deep in, in your conscience and in your mind that you belong to God and that you're loved and that God is right with you wherever you go and whatever you do. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, uh, all, none of those change the fact that you're loved by God. Deep inside, you have this sense when you really as a sponge, taking that love, it can happen to you. You can experience this. You, you have this sense that, that I'm a conqueror. You go, yeah, these are bad times. These are hard circumstances. But because God is with me, I am a conqueror. And to know that nothing can separate me from the love that comes from God. Paul is saying, even when terrible things happen, even on the worst day you could imagine, you are a conqueror. In other words, even in those bad circumstances of life. But then he goes on. And he goes, death, life, angels, demons, present, future, any power, heights, depths. You know, he's just thinking about any and everything that you could say that might separate you. 
And then, then he does the conclusion, nor anything. Hear that again, nor anything. One more time, nor anything. Whenever you're in difficult and challenging times, whenever you're down on yourself, whenever you have a sense that you don't know how you're going to make it, just know that God is with you and nor anything can separate you from the love that he has for you. He's bonded with you and he is there in every and every circumstance that you face so that you can deeply know that you are beloved, that you're the loved one, that he loves you, that he's there for you, that he cares for you. Um, the worship pastor at uh, Woodridge, our sister church, uh, Leah Holmes, started wearing this shirt. If we could go, and there's a picture of her at her house. And she reluctantly said I could put up the picture of her. And I asked her when I saw the shirt because, um, you know, I know she's had some struggles with her family members, so I, she wouldn't be the person like, oh, favorite daughter from my parents, and she's just not that kind of person. And I said, is that about God? And she goes, of course it's about God. And, and, I, and I said, could I tell the story of that at the Highlands? And she reluctantly agreed to do it, except then last night at Woodridge, because Pastor Zach is doing the same message, we work on messages together, she went off on why she is wearing that shirt. So I want you to hear it from Leah herself. And I was out shopping, which is not common for me because I'm a saver, and I saw this shirt, and God said to me, that's crazy because you're my favorite daughter, Leah. And you know what? So are all of you. You're his favorite daughters. You're his favorite sons because his love isn't reserved or limited in quantity. It is complete in all of his affection. There is no limit. There is no measure. When you wake up in the morning, he thinks, my favorite kid has awakened. And I'm so excited to spend the day with you. And um, this song we're gonna sing is one that I would love you to sing with all of your heart, knowing that all of God's heart is for you, in love with you, without limited quantity, today and for all of the days of your life. And I'm gonna sing it like I'm his favorite kid, and I wanna invite you to sing it like you're his favorite kid too, now and forever. It's a good song. It's not one we're singing today. You can go watch the Woodridge ser service at the end of that. But, but Leah had been going through some health issues and, under th uh, and other things and just going, maybe, I'm, maybe God loves other people more than he loves me. And God just said, no, buy that shirt to realize and remember and reinforce in your mind that you are the favorite. In this passage, it's interesting because in verse 38, it says, I am convinced. When you're convinced, it means you've received something and you realize something. So before we pray together and before we affirm that we are beloved and before we sing the songs to close our service, I just want to talk to you about what would it be like if you lived your life where you were convinced that you were the favorite, that you were convinced 
you were beloved, that you were convinced of God's depth of love for you. You receive this identity when by simple faith you invite Jesus to do, take all the benefits of his death on the cross and all the benefits of his resurrection and apply it to your life. You know, I was a, I was a pretty good teenager, to tell you the truth, but I wasn't a Christ follower. And when I was uh, 17 years old, someone said, to explain what the cross was all about and explain what Jesus' resurrection was all about. And in simple faith, I said, Jesus, will you take my sin, shame, and guilt and put them to death on your cross? And would you, through your resurrection, put your Holy Spirit in me? And I did that. And it changed everything. Because I experienced in my emotions, I experienced in my thinking the love that God has for me. Now, if you're not sure that that's true of you, right at the end, I'm going to have you stand and I'll lead in a prayer where you can pray like I prayed back a long, long time ago and say, Jesus, I want you to be my savior and to be my leader. The second part of it is that you need to realize your identity. When, when by faith you fill your mind and your heart with the love of God, like a sponge, you absorb all of that love. I, I found that it's important that I start that way every day. You know, when, when I read the Bible and when I pray in the morning, one of the big things I'm looking for is how much God loves me. Not what I can do for him. You know what I found? Here's the interesting thing. When I'm filled up with his love, I naturally end up doing the things he wants. But if I start with all the things I have to do, I get exhausted and burnt out and tired. Realize the great love that God has for you. And you know my test every day is I look in the mirror and I go, can I go? That guy in the mirror is beloved. That guy in the mirror is a favorite son. And if I can't, I go, the sponge of my life needs to be soaked deeper into the love of God. Everything will change. Everything will be better for you and for the people that you love, no matter what the circumstances, no what the, what the challenges. And God knows the challenges and he cares about the challenge and we care about them too. But everything will be better in your life if you experience the love that Jesus has for you. So you stand up, I'm going to pray, and then after I uh, pray, we're going to have some readings that come up on the screen. I'll read a line, and then you'll follow it by saying, I am beloved, and I'll say that with you. But I want you to say it loud. I want you to say it like you're convinced. I want, I want you to say it like you believe it from your soul, and the words proceed up 
out of your mouth. Let's pray together. As we pray, I'm going to open by praying for all of you that are here. If any of you just are going, I'm not sure that I've ever truly received Jesus as my Savior and my leader. And right now, Paul, when you said that, I, it's like, I know I need to do that. And I'd really like to be joined in this prayer. And I'm going to ask you just to shoot your hand up so I could see your hand. Anybody who wants to be included, I see that hand. Yep. Anybody else? Okay, good. Let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray now for people that are receiving Jesus as their Savior and their leader. I pray that right now they would acknowledge their sin and allow you to put it on the cross, their sin, their shame, their guilt, and put an end to it. That it, by putting their faith in you right now, they would be joined in your resurrection and they would experience new life. And then Lord, for each and every one of us here today, would you allow us to realize today and each and every day the amazing love that you have for us. We pray it all in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, before we sing the songs, if we could bring that first line up and worship team join with me. Do we have that on the screen? Okay, no, is there, uh, okay, it's not on the screen. That's not a problem, you know why? Because it's on my paper. But it just means you need to be smart, smarter. When I go like this, I need you to go, I am beloved. Can you do that? I am beloved. Okay, I'm not going to say it this time. Okay, I'm going to make the statements. This is what's true of you. And then you're going, I affirm that. I believe that. Because of Jesus, God is for you. Because of Jesus, God has paid the price for us. I am beloved. Because of Jesus, no charge can be made against us I am and now one more time and really loud because of Jesus nothing 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 can separate us from God's love let's sing out his praise Step closer. You will never let me go. Jesus, your love has won me over. Has found. 